guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love but no one else gets and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, the plow is coming early and we need to call upon the help of a dopey crow, a menacing owl, and some genetically mutated magical rats. Because we're talking about Don Bluth's The Secret of Nim. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? I'm so sure. Want a date? Listen, sister, if I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on, all right? No. It snakes after this big. Wolfman's got nards. What did I say? No jelly rolls. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Because, hey, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor, head over to our iTunes page, subscribe there, leave us a review. If you do, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. We have one to do tonight. Shout out! Shout out! So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, also, if you want to help support the show, head over to our Redbubble store, redbubble.com, and then just search CIFR in the search bar or uh, Cult Film Shop. CFIR. And, yeah, CFIR. What did you say? CIFR. Oh, did I? Yeah. That's a different podcast. That's a do you want to go to that pod? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you don't want to go to that podcast. You want to go to CFIR's podcast and purchase a shirt there to help support us even more. Then head over to our YouTube page, like and subscribe there. Uh, and as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilbert. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salucio. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we are going to talk about The Secret of Nim. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Don Bluth, came out in 1982, had a budget of $7 million, made $14.7 million in the box office, filmed in animation film. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> it's filmed in animation. Yeah, I'm just reading what's down on the cue card here, and it's filmed in animation film, which is a very special type of film. Yeah, that's a, that's, not, that's a unique piece of yeah, cellulite right there. You know? It is. It has a rating of G and currently sits at a fucking 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus Christ, give it away. <laughs> that's No, that's high. Like, okay. That's a really high I score. I think that's one of the highest. You sound so amazed by it. Like I am amazed by it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Schindler's right. List, would you be amazed oh, by it? Yeah, even I don't even think Schindler would has a higher rating. Look it up right now, someone. Does Schindler's <laughs> List have a higher rating? <laughs> the I want to know thing. what has a higher rating because uh, I'm gonna go with Schindler's List should be higher than an, if this is a 96, 97 percent <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's one percent better. It's one percent better. One percent better Schindler's List than <laughs> that's, the how fucking... ro- that's how Rotten Tomatoes works. <laughs> <laughs> then the Secret of Nim. The audience score is higher on Schindler's List though than Ooh. Secret of Nim. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the go. audience score? You feel validated. 85. 85. 85% audience score. I believe in 85%. I do. This was Mike's pick. Mike, why did you pick Secret of Nim? Uh, Because it was the third on my list. (laughs) We couldn't (laughs) find the first two. Um, No, but I mean, one of the other reasons why I picked it was, I mean, it was always on my list. Like, it was always a film I always wanted to kind of go back and put on the show. But um, I was watching Showtime the other day, and it was on there. And it was one of those moments... Like, like I feel like a Willow moment. We'll just call it a Willow moment. Oh yeah, The Secret of Nim. That's a good. Sh- that's a good movie. And it's not be- like I don't know if it's a cult film. I just know it's a film that if it comes on, you're like, yeah, that kind of defined my childhood just a bit. So, uh, if that answers, does that answer your question? It does answer my question. I could, I could anyone anyone could have been the coveted third. 
<laughs> I went with the Secret of Nim, though. So let me ask this: the question of the room: Has anyone here not seen Secret of Nim, Chris? I have seen this. You have seen it before. Yes. When did you see it first? When I was a little kid. Okay. I definitely saw this at a very young age. So pro- yeah, probably six, seven years old. Um, this was a movie that I watched pretty frequently, so I'm familiar with it. Kyle. Yeah, I, I I found out that I had after I started watching it and kind of seeing clips from it. What I didn't recognize it by name, but yeah, I'm like seeing these characters. I'm like, oh, this all looks so familiar. And then talking to Chris, I found out that our grandma had this on VHS, and he would yeah. watch it over at her house. And I was like, that makes sense. That's where I fucking saw this movie. Yeah, definitely. So I first saw this movie at 33 years old. How old are you now? <laughs> 33. Okay. <laughs> I've always heard of Secret of Nim. I never wanted to watch it as a child because I always perceived it as a young boy. I'm not trying to be sexist, but I was a young boy at the time, and I always perceived it as a girl's movie. Mm. Yeah. Why would you think that? The cover art. It has a really? girl uh, mouse. It has I a girl mouse the on character. the cover with yeah. a fucking red hood. And... Yeah. But like, did you feel like a lamb before time? or No, but those, but the main characters... Like, but it's like the okay, so it's just because it was a girl. Yeah, because I was like, oh, she looks girl mouse. I don't because she looks very feminine. Oh, okay, I feel like all mouses look feminine. Yeah, right? right. I saw Jonathan Bixby when they did some flashbacks in this movie, and he did not look feminine. He was a strapping young mouse. He was yeah. a strapping young mouse. You're talking, so. about, you're talking <laughs> about like the king of mice, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like any mouse. It's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of yeah. mice <laughs> with the brain of Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I didn't see this until 33, so I feel like it's going to be a cool kind of perspective for this episode because yeah. uh, I, you guys grew up with it, and I did not. I wouldn't go that far because, again, I didn't remember this until I started watching it. Yeah. So it's not something that's... You probably didn't even remember it, like, clearly. It's probably bits and pieces. It, re- it, it It's really just images that I remember. Yeah. Like, the 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 storyline in general, like, was all brand new to me this time. Oh, really? Like, I remember yeah. all the, the vignettes. I remember the... I remember um, the the old wizard mouse. That guy like stuck in my head, and I always it's funny watching this because again I'm going off of just images, and in my mind I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. That's what I remember as a kid because look how creepy and evil he is, and he's not. You know, it's the, no, he's it's not. The, it's the dashing young buff asshole mouse that's the evil guy. Well, I I really like the fact that I'm I'm going into this film particularly with like a little bit more analytically because. Mm-hmm. There are definitely things in this watch that I didn't remember about this movie, so it it was nice to revisit. What uh? So Don Don Bluth here had a hell of a career, huh? In, what else in animation. Has he done? I didn't see. Here's the thing. I recognized that I was going to ask the question. I didn't know that Don Bluth I, it was a big deal before we sat down and did this, and then Chris fucking yelled at me for it. Yeah, I would have yelled at you too. I can't yeah. believe you don't know who Don Bluth is. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I know his work. I didn't know him by name. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what has yeah. he done? I probably know his work too. So he's done American Tale. Yep. Oh, um, yep. Okay. Now I see it. Firefly Goes West, Land yep. Before Time, Rock a Doodle, yep. All Dogs Go to Heaven. But you guys, oh. you guys are forgetting. He did that, dude. He did so oh, I many. I loved All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's Literally, one of my favorite movies. As a here's kid. the thing, though. He does, every movie that I've named off has some like fucking super sad, fucking tragedy or weird thing behind it, though. Mm-hmm. It's real life, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, he was pretty real life. Kids, kids, movies were I, about real life. I would say, except for maybe kind of Fightful Goes West, but it's kind of about how immigrants were tra- treated in America. Guys, you're also, for, you're also forgetting <laughs> that that he is the uh, creator of the Dragon's Lair. Arcade game, uh, yeah. Are we he forgetting that? that? In space Ace. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's not like the most family friendly. <laughs> gotcha. You know, he works it's about for, well, oh, yeah. a handsomely clad girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being chased down. yeah, it's not like he loses his mom. 
there's <laughs> there's a lot that can probably be said about Don Bluth because he has such a like a, a full career. Um, he worked for Disney until he you know he was in his forties, and then he quit Disney and went on. And this was his first movie under his own production company that he had created. He was like a lead animator and like managed all of like the animators and stuff at Disney. So he definitely has a has a has a as a style. That I feel like well, all the mo- other movies you named off kind of feel oh, they recognizable. All? They all kind of feel yeah. the same, and I like it. I I like this this style of animation with the kind of traditional painted backdrops, and then the characters animated over it. I don't know, just speaks to my childhood, I guess, but looks great. Well, damn, right the thing already, Kyle. <laughs> shit, what's that? What's that? Well, damn, Kyle, right the thing already. Shit, I will say, I would be rated already. We I just got got said the animation looked good. We haven't gotten the plots of Mike. You're going into technical. I, I will. I will. I want to say that I would love to see like an arcade game of like all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're, another. Sad you're going after movie. the lights. It is. I remember. I watched <laughs> that movie made all the time game. as a kid. I didn't realize how sad it was either. I used to watch Land Before Time all the all the time as yeah. a kid too, and I even have a fucking stuffed Littlefoot in my house because yeah. I had one as yeah. a child. That's how obsessed I was right. with this movie. And they put it, I think, on Netflix not that long ago. So I went to show Evan, like, dude, you gotta see this movie. That's my child, Evan. I gotta, you gotta see this movie. It's amazing. I put it on and I fucking turned it off for fifteen minutes. Really? Yeah. It's sad as fuck, dude, from the get-go. He's, like, abandoned. His mom dies. And you turned it off. Okay, that's a that's a thing I want to talk about, thing. with the, with especially with Don Bluth movies, because particu- they always touch on a darker themes, it seems like. They don't shy away from death. They don't shy away from abandonment. In fact, all of these movies have these similar themes that run through them. And, you know, we watched these as kids. And mm-hmm. I remember feeling sadness when I watch American Tale or when I'd watch Land Before Time or... You know, uh, if all dogs go to heaven is about dogs dying, dude. Like, that's a, you know, for a kid, that's kind of a dark thought. But yeah. I think that's what, you know, maybe why he broke away from Disney, because maybe he did want to tell stories that had a little bit more of an emotional impact in that yeah. way. Um, he is quoted saying that you can tell a kid anything as long as it has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really does apply to most of the films that he's done. I feel like, at least in the 80s era of Don Bluth, you know, it's like, it's all about death and loss and sadness and this and that, but typically they end on a happy note, you right. know, so. I, I wanted that, I mean, I don't want to, we can cut this in the show if you don't want to answer this, Cody, but like, why would you, why did you turn it off? Why didn't you let your kid watch it? Because it's depressing as fuck. But yeah. you watched it as a kid and you didn't take away. I fucked up, see? <laughs> so I, I watched it as a kid. I don't even fuck that. Yeah, man. Yeah, you are. Time. I don't know. Yeah, you are. You roll your socks off. <laughs> see, I'm all about <laughs> I mean, I mean, all I learned from it, from, from my child is comfort, man. Comfort. It's all about comfort. <laughs> no, it's just, a, it's a different, it's honestly, like, kids grow up with a different tone of things today. Like, you can say, like, I can say all I want, like, that I wish that he could, you know, be in, he's into, like, some of the stuff that I was in, like, he watches the, the Doobie watched The Mummy, Brendan Fraser Mummy, last night. Yeah. Like, he loves that's his favorite version of that movie but like there's other things like in cartoon wise he'll put up with and like same thing with me like cartoon wise it's like dude you know it's like you know when your parents aren't together like yeah mm-hmm. at a young age that i don't want to fuck them up mm. you like, know you know i i i i appreciate that concern too that you're that you're trying to look at it like i don't want to fuck him up but the way i see it is it kind of in the other way like my parents were divorced, okay? Like, I was not kept back from, like, these themes, you know? Maybe there's some comfort in in the fact that it's being dealt with. You know what I mean? The fact that, like, you don't feel so weird that your parents are divorced because it's, like, 
they're talking about it in this movie or they're touching on it in the, the themes of this film or this show. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. sometimes that I can see makes that. it normal, makes it more I feel and, normal. And actually, and actually, I think movies are the best are the best medicine for that sort of thing because yeah. somebody else is dealing with it and you get to kind of project onto them. Like, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I didn't ever deal with my mom's death until I watched that movie, What a Monster Calls. And in that movie, it's about this 12-year-old kid who escapes into his imagination to deal with the fact that his mom is dying of cancer. And the monster keeps challenging him, telling him these weird stories until you get to the end of the movie and the monster is demanding the kid to tell what the truth is. And it deals with something really dark that everybody who has a parent or a loved one who's dying of cancer feels, which is the truth is I just want them to die because it's so painful to watch him do that. And I fucking cried for like 20 minutes after watching the movie and I I felt great because of I could project. Yeah. And yeah. I could deal with those emotions in a safe place, I guess. Yeah. Where I'm not directly being I'm I'm not directly being hurt by the events that are happening in the film, but I it's like having I, I a can, dream. It's like having yeah. a dream yeah. because when you have a dream, you can wake up from the dream and you're still you. You're still in the place you were before, but you you feel the emotions that you need to feel to walk because through I, something. I said he he just watched uh, he watches Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Okay, think <laughs> <laughs> <Like> that. <laughs> I mean, uh, get it, mummy, mom. It's the same thing, guys. And when we were done with that, we watched Beverly Hills Ninja because I mean, <laughs> it deals with brotherhood no, and but, siblings. Well, that's dealing with no, how to catch a chicken. All right, but he needs that. This skill. is a no. This is a great topic though because it, what it's uh, what it's really Really about is are the films today that are uh, being shown shown to kids or made for kids are they too soft? No, are I, they too? Are they not touching no. these areas? We've the kind r- of touched on that on the show, yeah. right? We've talked about childhood films you, yeah, from the eighties that are but, darker. But, but yeah. I, here's the thing: also, that would be my argument against it. My my argument with it would be is 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 for me at least is like there's so much crazy bad shit going on in the world. And even for a kid at a young age, it's really not hard to find because of cell phones, computers, everything being so readily fucking available. Like, I'd rather them see Happy Go Fucking Fun Time now. Yeah. Because they're going to see fucking real life death and shit blowing up on the news. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, yeah. why why rob them of their innocence so early? You know, I, I you should you should be responsible for maintaining where, it as long as you can. But where um, in the 80s, like for a child to be exposed to death. At that time, like, like, because now, you know, if someone dies, there's, you know, shit on Facebook and all that stuff. Like, you see it right away. And you probably see more often because it's so wide, widespread and wide available. But for you to see death as a kid in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't that fucking, like, or easy. Like, if one of your family members died, it was, like, either a far-off relative you didn't know and you didn't know why you are going to the funeral mm. or what a funeral was, and then you're at the fucking kid's table hanging out the whole time. Yeah. And, or, like... You know what I mean? Or you just knew someone who's, like, you know, parent had passed or something like that. Like, so I feel like it just did have an emotional place in, in time for that time because things weren't so readily There wasn't available. as much, there's not as much and mystery to death now as there well, used to be. Or education of, like, how people deal with grief and separation. Like, that thinks that's some of the things that this movie deals with. Like yeah, I'd say that, and and who knows? I think may, may, maybe there's some truth to what you're saying. Is that we're kind of in a in in, in a block of filmmaking right now where uh, films are serving they're they're currently serving the role of creating the escape 
or escape from reality right now. So that's maybe why yeah. kids' movies are more kind of lighthearted and they don't really they don't really dive too deep into the more adult themes. Whereas probably in you know, in other generations, I mean, you think back to, you know, you go back to, like, maybe the 40s and 50s where a lot of those, a lot of movies, a bulk of them were kind of dealing with kind of happier Some of them stuff. So maybe it's just kind of like a, it's like a wave. It kind of phases. some of them do deal with, like, heavy shit. Like, Big Hero 6, I think, deals with some heavy shit. It does. It does it yeah. in a, it does it in a more unique way nowadays. Yeah, it doesn't do it in, I feel like, maybe so much this one. Yeah. But... But, but like Big Hero Six deals with you know death, yeah. and then one like a kid literally having the revenge of wanting to kill someone because he killed his brother, like right. He, and, and I then, think it's because it's presented, it's presented, it's presented way differently though. Oh yeah, you know, like where it's kind of like you don't think anyone's really gonna die. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sakes, like how many Disney films before this had like Simba's father dies, yes. and Bambi's mother dies, and you know. I don't know though. I I feel like this era. I think there's a there's a darkness to it though, a stark reality to it. Yeah, that I think is is different than what you see in like. Well, yeah, because Disney one, films. Well, this one they straight out like because mm. like, yeah. like that kid in like Big Hero Six. I don't think he really says he wants to kill that the guy who killed his brother. Right. I don't really think he says that. It's like but, insinuated. That it, that's, oh, it's definitely insinuated. Yeah. But like in this movie, uh, I'm sorry, we're getting we haven't even got to plots with Mike yet. But in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, the fucking Rat wants to kill the humans. Yeah, like the rats. He's like, we should just fucking go up there and kill the humans. Well, they talk like, like, even a lot about like he will, your son will die. You know, if you don't get him this medicine, it's like just literally that that plain and simple. They're like, literally discussing murder, and there's like a lot of murder yeah, in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike has a point. I think it's it, I think it's films of this era dealt with a stark reality presented in animation format, whereas. Maybe nowadays it's more fantastical and kind of loosely woven in. Well, now I have more questions because of this conversation, though, too. Do you think this is the way of maybe making animated films that also speaks to kids but speaks to adults in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, I do Like, where, so. like, like you know, like yeah. Pixar does it now, where it's, like, little, like, you're like, oh, hey, that's a grown-up joke. Seen, like, I, I think <laughs> the, if you think about the life of animation and how it started, I, you know, I think it did start off early... Like what? When did animation start? Like in the '30s, almost, right? Yeah, somewhere around there, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So they come out and they make these small, tiny cartoons, and it's like little cute stuff at first, and then they start using it as like this weird propaganda machine. Yeah. That was a weird. Uh, but like it was always meant to be like. <laughs> I um, love the '30s. Well, the '30s, you know. Well, even Warner Brothers did it with like Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. Right. But, yeah. What I'm saying is, I think at this time of animation, you got you had people like like Bakshi and and, and Bluth, and they're all coming out and they're saying, "All right, I've been drawing pretty mouses and cute little kids shit for a while here. Like animation can be so much more." And I think there was this movement, you know, particularly in the '70s and '80s, where animation people were looking at animation as it was as an artistic form, mm-hmm. not just some yeah, it's just a, it's another quick it, it's another format for exactly. delivering a message or a story. Yeah. It's not just exclusively a format for showing kids stuff, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I do think that there's, especially with Bluth, like he, he obviously has heavy themes, you know, that he works with. I mean, throughout all of his all of his films, as as we've as we've seen, you know, it's like in again working with Spielberg is kind of similar. He yeah. works with very similar themes. So. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. What's this movie about, though? Yeah, let's get with plots with Mike. Let's, let's get, get with that. it. Right, <laughs> let's get with it, Cody. Guys, if you haven't figured it out yet, from piecing together our 
ramblings. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about The Secret of Nim. Stars Mrs. Brigsby. That's our lead actress. Not really her actress. Mouse. The lead mouse. Like the lead character. And uh, she she lives in like this pretty humble home. Like I think it's a cinder block. It is. Okay. And um, her, her son is sick. She kind of goes out to get help from this guy, Mr. Ages, who... Um, Says, all right, if you give him this medicine, he'll be fine. But the problem is he can't go anywhere. He can't move. He can't move him for like, what, three days, four days? Three weeks. Like that. Three weeks, three yeah. Weeks. And uh, she's like, okay, but but every year the tractor comes along, and it just decimates, I assume, like everything in its path. And he's like, well, you're going to have to, you know, you can't move him. You know, so she goes off, and she starts seeking help from a number of people. One is this great owl that everybody says might have the answer. She goes to the great owl, and then she sends, and then the owl sends her to the rats for help. And then he says, these rats can can pull your, they have their ways, they can move this cinder block away from the plow that's coming. Uh, while she's there, she meets Nicodemus, who's the elder of the rats, and she he kind of tells her that her family has a uh, a history that stems back to, like, almost like their entire folklore, like mm-hmm. their whole reason for being, which is that her ex or her husband or widowed yeah. Yeah, husband who passed her dead away. Dead husband. Dead husband. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to be nice about it. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm trying to protect around. the kids, all right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she finds out that her husband helped these rats escape this lab where they were injecting with weird scientific whatevers. and uh, Lab rats, man. Yeah, they were lab rats, and, they, and it gave them super smarts. Yeah. And uh, so she kind of, uh, you know, she goes to get the rats, but little does she know that there's actually, like, some uh, issues going on in the land of the rats where, like, there's this one guy who kind of wants to take over and kill Nicodemus, and uh, she gets embroiled in that in that whole conflict. Pretty good. While trying to save her family. Right. There's so many layers. <laughs> there, is, there is a lot of... There's a lot of layers. There's not in this that movie. many layers. There's a lot of layers. So There's... much going on. Yeah, there is because you're not thinking deeper because you saw yeah, it as a child and you're not. Putting... I just saw it yesterday. You're not putting the <laughs> questions. You're not putting the questions together that there are no answers for. Okay, there are. There are I do have some questions about this film. Yeah, so do that I. Looking at it now, I'm like, how does this? Okay. Yeah, and we'll get to it. We'll get to it when sure. we come right back. Oh, thank goodness! I'm so glad you're home. <laughs> Confounded machine. You never know when it's going to up and blow. Yes. I don't suppose you would remember me. Yes, you're Mrs. Brisby. And I'm sorry about your husband's death. Now, if you'd excuse me. Mr. Ages! Great Jupiter woman, what do you want? Mr. Ages, I know you don't like visitors, but this is an emergency. Please. (laughs) Mad... Madam... That is an emergency. And we're back. We're talking about Secret of Nim. So let's, uh, th- all right. So I got to go kind of through the story step by step here a little bit and it's just like, go over what's wrong. What's wrong? <laughs> okay, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Because, I mean, no, there's things that I like about this movie and then there's things that I just, that, I guess not wrong, that need to be explained to me. Okay. okay. We can do okay. that. Okay. This is an explain this to Cody episode. Later happen on in this film because as an adult watching this, I'm not just sucked up in the whimsical world that is terrifying of of Secret of Nim. This is the scariest farm I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It is a scary farm. There's there's a fucking owl with cobwebs on him and he does not give a fuck. (laughs) Anyways, 
uh, it's this, yeah, man, it's this really, like, things made me laugh off, like, a couple things made me laugh at first. Auntie Shrew. Okay. I just liked that she was a bitch and her name was Auntie Shrew, which I thought was, like, clever. It's like, okay, that's, you're just gonna put that on her. Yeah. I, I love her oh, well, voice, the yeah. voice, the person who played her, Hermione something, I forgot, yeah. but. Oh, Harry Potter. No. Okay. Not that one. Not that, <laughs> okay. Not that I'm aware of anyways, but. Dude, like she she was in Mary Poppins, I guess, and she definitely has like that voice, like that Disney voice, I feel like. You know, there's uh, there's been other characters that have been like the aunt that's, you know, overbearing, overprotective, like uh, just a big character and like I, I I just I don't know. I loved her character as Auntie Shrew. But we also meet we meet our main character Mrs. Uh, Brisby who uh, whose husband has died and she's got three four, four kids, four kids. She have four uh, kids. It's four of them, right? There's three. Yeah, there's four. It's four because one's kids. one's sick yeah. the whole time. Two, one boy, or two, two boys, boys two one girl. girl. No, three boys, one girl. No, no, no. Two boys, two girls. Yeah. Was the little baby a girl? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a boy. All right. <laughs> you, you know, it, you can't tell with with mice. Yeah. <laughs> they all look feminine. We discussed this earlier. One played by Shannon Doherty. One played by Will Wheaton. They did like episodes of Matlock before this. <laughs> Matlock. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm gonna kind of jump around the story too, just to get to my <clears throat> my my point of this. So we got Mrs. Brisby here, who who is it seems somewhat intelligent. She can kind of read. She was taught this by uh, her husband, Jonathan Brisby, who uh, lived the secret life there. She where she never questioned. Where like we're gonna go into some serious stuff, but we're never gonna question where the fuck my husband been for the last eight hours of the day. Oh yeah, you missed a part. What part did I miss then? She didn't. He didn't go away anywhere. Yeah, he was older. Nicodemus makes a point to say to her. Um, yeah, he's he's no. I, I, he ages slower than you. Yes, he's saying that everything. That happened before Mrs. Brisby was ever like, oh, in around. the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Like he yeah, just well, stayed at that age because you have to look at how, how old uh, Nicodemus is, and then. Figure her husband. <laughs> Did I say that wrong? Nicodemus. Oh. Not no. She's like no. Stradamus. That. Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Anyways. Nicodemus. Nicodemus. You have to look at how old he is and know that. Know that her husband was the same age. He just aged slower. But oh no no. I see. I kind of disagree with that because then why aren't the other the rats that were also intelligent the same age as? Well, it only started out with seven of them. Yeah, those were the seven elders. They've been around for a while. Like, yeah, Mrs. Brisby is probably like not even born yet. Yeah, so they they uh, they they've they've had rat okay. babies that have been raised. Oh, the same okay. So that then also brings me other questions too that I have because then how old? Then how long ago did they escape from the fucking Nim? Who knows? Which what, is the national? What, because can, Nim is coming to destroy. Like Nim is still look. It makes it seem like in this movie, when Nim is going to show up the next day to clear out the fucking rose rose bush, that they have been looking for these rats. Like b- b- not for a long time. Like they're still fresh on the trail. Not fucking twenty years later. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well, I don't think not it's. I don't long. think it's twenty years because yeah, what's the life cycle of a fucking rat? Not humans. You know what I mean? Life cycle of a rat. Pretty long. <laughs> We're gonna get really this deep into say? it, man. No, I, but I'm just saying. You, yeah, you're. The I'm con- saying the about, con- okay. concept of age of humans doesn't apply to. So rats. okay, so let's say even if a mouse lives the max six years, let's say that a mouse or three oh, years. you're way off. Three years. Oof. Nope. How long? What's the what's it? A, br- a light. The average lifespan of a brown rat is two years. Average lifespan of a black rat is twelve months. Wow. 
Yeah, they don't really. What go. about a New York rat? Some of these are like a lot of protein. I don't know about captivity. No, but you're just seeing a lot of them, the wild, Cody. So. It's not the same one over and over again. Well, that does answer, th- th- no, this doesn't answer some of my questions. So this can be passed down genetically then because that yes, makes sense yes. too because I'm like, why? how the fuck are the mice talking then? Because the, some of these mice weren't experimented on. Mrs. Right. Brisby obviously wasn't. Right. So how does she know how to talk and fucking read? No, the mice can talk to each other. Yeah. They're the talking animals. part, we well, just we give that Here's, to them. Because, <laughs> listen, I, I get where you're coming from, right? Because I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, how does Mrs. Brigby and they talk and stuff? And then I'm like, okay, wait, but the crow talks. Yeah. So yeah. all the animals are able to talk to one another. It's an animal movie. Yeah. You have to you, you have to give okay. the idea. Charlotte's Web. Why okay, can't they on. all talk to so each Brig- other? So Mrs. Brigby is still able to read. Well, he because, because a he smarter person is teaching her and communicating. Yeah. So, to her. Oh, then the, I guess my question goes into this: If it was able to pass down generation to generation through the rats, and they've been there for a time, right? Yeah. Then how come it's not through the mice? What do you because mean? wouldn't her kids then inherit? We don't know. They're kids right now. Wouldn't her kids then inherit like the same intelligence? Intelligence. intelligence Maybe they do. Maybe they do have it. You haven't seen uh, Secret no, of Nim too. That's yeah. true. I Nobody haven't. has. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's true. I believe uh, reprises his role. Is that a thing? There's a sequel. There yeah, is a, a sequel. sequel. There's a sequel. Don Bluth oh. had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and it came yeah. way later. Yeah, yeah. like way later. Yeah. Right. I'm not gonna call it canon. Right. No. No. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a well, Secret other... of Nim fanboy. Well, he... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Two is not. That's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> here's the other thing that's kind of like got me on the, on the, on the question bandwagon, too. When does like, I'm like, when the fuck did magic come into all this? When did magic enter the world? How know. are the rats so intelligent they're able so, to conquer magic, but they got to steal where electricity? Where do you see magic? With that, what do you what? mean? Where do you see magic? <laughs> oh, just the jewel. The fucking amulet. No, the book. The like guy's name. Who? You, yeah, the guy's name. Who you <laughs> oh. mispronounce? Glowing fucking eyes. Have it. Yeah. Have oh, that's it just fucking, eyes. Those are just eyes. His cane <laughs> floated to him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he has magic. All right, so there's magic in this world. He's a sorcerer supreme. I don't know. Yeah. What do you want from me? It is a fantasy. See, film. this is the, that's actually the part of this that I actually like. See, they're blend. No, I don't like it because they're not blending the right thing. Either you have intelligent. Fucking rat creep! What the serum gave him magic powers, Chris? Hold on, it, gave, it gave him it gave him con- made them the power to gave them the power to understand our like human language. If there's you know? one, if there's one power that you kind of Is need to, you, to be a wizard, <laughs> no, it's, it's just... intelligence, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the whole point of magic. Is that you know King it Arthur a... can't do magic, but Merlin can because Merlin's just like way smarter than he is. Yeah. It I is, think, but are we saying that the rats are more intelligent than the humans at this point? I yes, think, I, it, they could be. They yeah. state that in the film. Yeah, they say that like we're we're they they've risen above human level intelligence and concept of rea- uh, uh, of reality and living and quali- quality. That's why they they don't want to steal anymore. They they they've grown above that. They're, but they still steal like motherfucking rats. Well, no, they <laughs> no, they just try and get out, man. Yeah, there's they, turmoil in, inside. There's turmoil in the group. Yeah, because that one rat just wants to start killing humans because he's a psycho. There's always one of those, man. Yeah. Plus, we I, me- I remember we remember like five minutes ago we just went through the age of ra- the lifespan of rats and didn't they state that this makes them age way slower? So right. So, maybe so that two four, years is actually like six or this seven. This could be six years, right? I mean, it, yeah. if the av- if a brown rat lives two years, yeah, maybe that serum pushes them to eight. Yeah, and then that that I mean, can you imagine if your lifespan was improved by like a four times? You'd live to be like four hundred years old. Do you think Crazy. the they they relied on the technology? Yes. What do you mean they relied on it? The rats. The rats? 
That's what the big controversy was. Was like we they, have to they, steal they, this. They're stealing the electricity. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does. Like they're they, are, kind of, they are using electricity down there. Yeah, right. because they kind of rely on it. Because they they can't go back to basically primitive ways. Right, because right, they're like way above it. They're yeah. trying to go off the grid though. They are trying to go off the grid because stealing is bad. Yeah, yes. that's right. what that's message they keep number saying one. that over and over again. That's message number one in this one. Right, murders following it. Number two, murders, murders right murders behind. Bad. Murders right behind it at number two. The other thing too is let me ask you this: if uh, the dragon the cat now if he was now if this is also passed down genetically and stuff like that now if he was to eat one of these rats, I don't think that's. Uh, I works. don't think that's part of it. Do you yeah. think that? It, no. it would get in his. Well, it could get in his bloodstream. Yeah, it could. No, it probably it, just gives yeah. him indigestion. I don't think if I, <laughs> I don't think if I ate a think... ninja turtle, I would turn into a ninja turtle. <laughs> uh, ninja turtle soup. You're gonna yeah. become a. Ninja. No, talking you're, about you're making a turtle weird soup mutant. out of him. But I don't think would... he was like. Okay. Maybe I'll get the turtle. <laughs> 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 Let's bring up the Incredible Hulk. What about it? He fucking cuts his finger. It goes into a bottle. Stan Lee drinks it and almost fucking dies. So why could it not work with rats? What do you mean? So the cat mean? should almost die if it eats a rat? No, I'm not saying that it wouldn't either be mutate some, or something. Uh, yeah, would there be some well, sort maybe, of mutation? Maybe the cat. Totally, got, maybe the cat. about a totally different world here now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe no, maybe not. the cat this got. This is a world in, of mutation and dude, magic, dude. Maybe the cat got no, incredibly totally ill after it ate um, our, our main character's husband. Secret of we don't know. Secret of Nim is blending science and of uh, and fucking magic in the. What's wrong with that? Yeah, it's a fantasy. Look, but that doesn't mean anything. You can still make. You still make your own rules within that that world. Conan the Barbarian has a world full of magic and science. But like, if aliens came down, I'd be like, eh, "That's a little weird." I could have believed it in, in <laughs> yeah. Secret of Nim. I thought that was going to be this. I and mean, what is the secret? The, the se- secret the is that they is did that all these the tests. Se- that the Nim se- is a laboratory. The, the Nim's a laboratory. Yeah, that did that, all these experiments and created these. That's the secret, but no one really right. cares about the secret. Hold on for a second. No one really cares about no, the secret. No, 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 no. The secret. The secret. It, the secret is only a secret to his wife. The 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 older rat says at the beginning. That's time that she finds out the secret of Nim. He says that at the beginning, yes. and it's like a speech. He's he's saying the secret of Nim is the title because the husband kept this from his wife the whole time. Also, everybody that does magic can their eyes glow. Is that a thing? Is oh my god! No, just if you're no because glow? the owl they glow because the owl and Nicodemus they were all a part of like a higher like ex, like existence or like a higher power mm-hmm. magic. Well, I think the, the yeah. owl's eyes glow due to <laughs> so um, I was right into light refraction to the owl's <laughs> <Yeah>. ocular cortex. <laughs> okay, same thing with um, he had cataracts. Very bad cataracts. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Refreshing. I would, I would say. Light, I would say he probably it. does have cataracts. Yeah. This is the issues that no, I had with, when when watching the film. So I mean, so you got kind of hung up on, I guess, what the lore, or yeah. trying to figure find your way or, or between science out, and magic, or just like well, yeah, which which or rumor, reality or the, magic. the same thing, <laughs> or like what fucking world are you gonna live in? Like yeah, it was just like what world are you gonna live in? The, what, the world we're living in is the world of talking animals. Hold on, so. man. Yeah. Which world are you gonna live I'm, in? I'm, I'm, sorry, pick one. But no, pick one. It doesn't work that way. Think about that. That's like me saying I'm watching uh, Lion King, and when Mufasa talks to Simba, I'm fine with it. At one point in time, you go, "This is a world full of ghosts and hauntings and demons. <laughs> Where are they in this film? <laughs> no one possessed anyone. Like it doesn't like." You, you, I don't get that. I didn't follow that one either. That's, that's part of, <laughs> I didn't follow. No, it. that's part of that's part of uh, his speech to his yeah, son. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to. What I'm trying to tell you is like it's bothering. You're saying that a world, the world that this film has created, mm-hmm. doesn't make sense I don't to like you it. I'm not a fan because of it. there are certain magical 
elements and there's certain scientific elements and they've combined them so everything should be possible. And the timeline just doesn't seem to add up correctly. Oh my god. See, who cares about the timeline? I cannot. I, I, dude, yeah. As I soon as I enter an animated film with talking animals, I'm like, dude, it, whatever. Like, whatever's happening. Fern Gully, dude. Like, whatever's okay, happening. Even going, like, off, even going off of that, like, I don't know. It's, again. That's why I'm asking you. If you watched The Lion King and you saw Mufasa's ghost, did you immediately think, well, then demons and vampires should exist as well if things are they coming back? in that world. It's possible. That's what I'm trying to figure it out. It's possible in that world. That's yes. absurd. I've never thought that in my life. It's <laughs> possible in that world. Why? Did it bother you? you? No. When you watch the film? They, you accept you're like, it. oh, man. Why, why do you, you want, accept why do you, it? Why do you want this film grounded in reality so it is, much? It grounds itself in reality so much. No, it doesn't. I feel like it does. talking animals. Not, no, not because of talking animals, but also because of subject matter. You're going to go that fu- fucking deep. I don't think that makes any sense. There's, <laughs> there's science and there's magic in Harry Potter and people die. In fact, it's the same fucking plot as this film if you think about it. <laughs> like, like the, fa- the father dies and there's like, well, yeah, like I don't understand what you're e- talking about. He gets eaten by a cat. I don't know what you're going. I don't know what you're not. Are you responding to him? <laughs> are you responding to Mike right now? I've made my point. It's I just don't. I don't like the. I don't like it. Okay. Well, you could, on. you could have said that in three words. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> like it. One word. Oh, I'm, I'm explaining. Like it. I'm, expi- like it. I'm explaining like it. why I don't like it. Why you don't like the movie is because it's no. No. I'm not even saying that I don't like the movie. I just don't like the. I I don't like the world that like honestly this world is fucking. It is sad and depressing. <laughs> and like, like I said, it's the most terrifying farm you've ever been on. <laughs> Here comes the plow, gonna fucking kill all the rabbits. There's a hundred rabbits. See, wait, by but the this way. is the part that I really like about this film because there's this world that exists, but it's still. I was just about to say this. It holds itself within like where they would create lore if you were that small and these yes. these dangers in the world. Yes, absolutely. That's a, that is the one thing that I absolutely loved about this movie yeah. was the whole time I'm watching. Yeah, I'm seeing all these different kind of landscapes, these different worlds and shit. And when the camera. The camera always pans back and shows you a full shot of the of the farm a few times throughout the film, and it's just like, man, this is all just happening in like, you know, what is that two acre two acres yeah, of farm? Yeah. That's like, and, and I loved that about this movie. And they let's and they they play off the disablement of the of the tractor like it wasn't a big deal, but that tractor sits there for the rest of the fucking movie. <laughs> it doesn't move. Well, that the <laughs> time, like, really I think the timeline of this movie is like has to be within a day. It's a couple, a couple days. of days. Yeah. yeah, it's like two days, I think. Yeah. But. I like it because the tractor just sits there. It's like the impending doom because they know they don't have much time to. Yeah, and the final shot when it pulls out and you see the trail that it already that it yeah. already made and it just st- stopped cold. It was like I thought it was like a cool like imagery right oh, there. Oh, for just sure. Like, this is what this is this is what got saved was everything in front of this tractor. There you have it. Everything got saved in front of that tractor. <laughs> That's a great pickup. Yes, and Cody. Yes, and the tractor. No, I just, I like, I was like, man, they really disabled the shit out of that because I wasn't sure of the, actually the timeline of how long things were actually going on. I, f- I knew it was like probably a couple of days, but it's at some points it seems longer. And I don't know if that's just because of how they make the scenery look. It's very. Well, a lot of it seems dark, but a lot of it, yeah, I remember, is inside rose thorn bushes. Well, yeah, there's he no uses, sunlight. It's very, shit. well, it's very, like, uh, what's the tone, like, color palette, I would say? Like very flat, flat. Yes, yeah. thank you. Okay, like color palette throughout, except for maybe like her just red hood and the amulet itself. Yeah, and magic. Anything that's magic is very bright and pops, yeah. and like well, usually I, comes from like a room or something. That's like a that. lot of like that's a lot of like Bloom's animation. Like if you watch, like even when you're playing like Dragon's Lair or something mm-hmm. like that, that's like the color palette. There's a lot of dark grays and blues, and then like the moment something gold hits the screen, it just like blasts out at you. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he does this a lot. There's always like it's a way to focus your attention on the yeah. item that's important or the item of of intrigue in the film, amulet or her red hood. So Dude, even the lights character. inside the rose bush. I loved the, that. You oh, that know? was so cool. Yeah, I was like, I want to go in there. That looks fun. No, the coolest was the elevator through the water. That was dope as fuck. Uh, yeah. That's the coolest thing. They fucking drop movie. that shit into water and then I'm they serious. fucking drain the room. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's the coolest thing in this movie. Now, Cody, I will, I will, I will. I will bring something up that I didn't understand. Okay, please. This is something I don't Maybe understand. I forgot to bring it up. Well, Kyle just said it. He said the red hood. So I understand that these creatures are wearing clothes. Yes. <laughs> which would suggest they're trying to cover something up. Right. And yet, throughout this film, Mrs. Brixby takes off her robe thingy, this red hood thingy, and is like, well, running around naked. Like... <laughs> What does that mean? Like, what does that mean in their world? Like, what are we suggesting here? Are we I, suggesting that Aunt, they have naughty bits that they don't want to show, and that like, but she is just going around naked? I try to think of the, the, a lot of the times if that happens when like humans are around, because I know it's when she runs to drug dragon. Right. She's the third attempt at dr- drugging That's true. dragon. That's true. It is usually when humans are around. I think, it, and I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I think it might be. But that's the other thing. Way to hide the world. That's the but see that goes into see you're trying to understand the intelligence level of these where some of them shouldn't have that intelligence level even to wear fucking clothes. Like why 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 like even the crow shouldn't have the intelligence. Yeah, but they they shouldn't be able to talk to the crow like they are because these rats are fucking genetically altered. Kyle, Mrs. Mrs. Brixby is not. I know, and neither is the crow. But yet they're able to have the communication. At that point, it was never about communication. If you remember, go back and if you go back to the film and you go back to the whole Nim part of it, it was never about communication. It was about understanding language. The rats were able to speak to one another always, just as creatures can speak to one another now. But after the injections, when they were able to they actually were able to read, read the sign that yeah. says lift latch to exit. And, and especially in a language that they couldn't possibly have known. Right. Like, that's a pretty smart thing to do. Yes. You know? I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't disagree. Okay. But back to the clothes thing. But back guys. to the clothes thing. <laughs> are these rats are these rats covering something up? <laughs> I I. I feel like I noticed as a kid. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Wouldn't have thought. I, I Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. I don't know why. I'm I not de- going to question it. But this one, it sets a precedent, guys. I think. I think actually, <laughs> Cody, Cody, Cody kind of stumbled onto uh, uh, maybe something that, that does explain it. Because um, he said it's one that when humans are around, I think it's maybe maybe part of like at least let's just talk about just the rats right now. I think maybe part of the. The donning clothing and stuff like that is kind of a sign of their kind of higher level of intelligence, and, and the reason of removing the clothes when around humans is also a way to kind of hide the fact that they the world have some sort of they're starting like to a world ex- that exists. like evolve. Yeah. Okay. They yeah, it's not a bad idea because there's that question: Why does he ask her? You're gonna you're gonna want to get take that off. <laughs> They basically once you open that rosebush, dude, and they once they fucking lift that rosebush up, they're gonna see like the hive from Resident Evil <laughs> in this fucking thing, That's dude. True. It's like it goes down, like dude. They have an underwater elevator yeah. where a room drains, like yeah. like where's that water going? Yeah, where's That's that? What I want to know. Where's that it's water protected going? by a guy named Brutus with a Brutus with a fucking uh, electric yeah lightning pitchfork pitchfork pencil like. <laughs> I think this, that yeah, was a he pretty was a frightening scene, dude. I thought he yeah. was going to do some damage. Yeah, on her. dude, he's going to kill some little old la- like little rat lady. Old lady, <laughs> some little rat lady. He's going to kill her, and I don't care. That's the other thing too. Where were the lady rats? What do you Where mean? were the lady rats? Yeah. I didn't see any lady rats. Where were the lady rats? What about uh, lady rats? what about Auntie Shrew? I yeah, I didn't. Auntie Shrew's, Auntie not Shrew's a, rat. a shrew. Oh yeah, she, she's a mouse. 
He's a shrew. Only male rats. I didn't know that was an animal. Yeah, it is. Um, They were probably in the breeding room. The Uh, breeding room. The breeding room. (laughs) Yeah. Everything but our women involved. Only <laughs> everything evolved except, except our treatment of women. <laughs> 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 it's just absolutely terrible. Jesus. Did you love did you not love Jeremy though? Jeremy's yeah. awesome. He's but like it's Don DeLuise. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy's fantastic. Don DeLuise is great in everything though. It's just such a great fun voice. The to only time to. the only time I thought he was like creeping me out was with the amulet. Yeah. Oh, when he got right. he got really there was like a darkness that came out. Yeah. I was like, oh, this motherfucker I gonna thought it was, peck the I thought shit Let me touch this, it. Like gonna like, gobble the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I was getting. I like shiny. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was the power of the amulet at first, was that it like it had some a weird, psycho? like a golem effect on you. <laughs> yeah. He's the thing where I watched this movie and I said, if I'm a kid, this is what I'm latching onto in this movie is like, him. Well, the crow's like, he's, he's, he's like energy. Yeah. He's full of energy. He's, he's a He's yeah. a comedic relief. That's what I'm saying. He's, like no one else is really funny except he, for maybe Mr. Ages a few times. So why yeah. do you think you liked it as a kid then? Why did I like it as a kid? Because it's slapsticky. It's goofy. No, no, it's I'm silly. Si- the movie, the in movie itself oh, in general. Because oh, oh, oh. it's an but adventure. This is not. This is not unlike a lot of the cartoons that I watched yeah, when I was a it's kid. It's an Dark adventure Crystal film and the labyrinth and all when, of these things. These when, were you, all... when you're a kid, like exactly what Mike said, even re- rewatching it now, or maybe Chris said that he's like, I want to go down into that cool like underground lair, and like exactly. as a kid, that's what you think. Like, oh, I wish I could be there, and it's it's an adventure. There's magic. There's science. There's yeah. There's action. There, there's possible death. I yeah. mean, that's I'm, why kid. That's why a kid would latch on to it. It's not that they're diving into the, 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 the undertones and the the story structure and the deeper meaning. They're imagining themselves as, oh, what if I was one of the little kid mouses, or See, what if I was the kid who was sick, or what if I, I could, was the mom? Or I don't whatever. know if I could picture myself. Well, yeah, one. Well, like, I want to think be of like, a kid's movie that you do that you did. My, Space Jam. You weren't even a kid when that came yes, out. Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, you're probably like eight, seven, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, but we talked about this how many times on the show? Look, but in the nineties, uh, the kids' movies got real stupid. Let's just put it that way. They got they got silly. No, they, got they did. They they got soft. Like even the action films. Disney's are Robin soft. Hood. We'll go to Disney's Robin Hood then. Throw that one in there. Isn't that from the eighties? That's early. That's yeah. from like the eighties. Yeah, it's still a good one though. Oh, it really is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what are you saying? You're you're talking about. Why we liked it as a yeah, kid? Yeah, what, though. what, yeah, what drew you as a child to this film? I'll tell you what drew me to this yes. film for sure, definitely. And I'll, I'll, I'll even say this about other uh, Don Bluth films: the animation style, for some reason, yeah. like it's, it just when you see it, you know it belongs to him. Uh, him. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. One hundred percent. You know, and 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 it's something that's just like I, I think a lot of us, you know, these were films that we watched in school sometimes, mm-hmm. like. You know, these were films that got a lot of play, you know, because they were family oriented, but they probably also had like deeper themes. Maybe that was a a tool, you know, at the time. I don't know, but it was certainly, you know, like in our in our grasp. I feel like also all of his characters, especially the main characters, feel real warm. Yeah. And all and the villains feel real menacing. Right. Like he he does a good job of like, you know, when you watch like, say, like The Little Mermaid, like Ursula is not. She's not really that threatening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, we get, you know, she's. You know, well, she's purple, and that's weird. Loud, and yeah. Yeah. Like they do some villainous kind of stuff, but like with this film too, like all the all the if you watch even like a uh, little foot in Land Before Time, they all have these like, really big innocent eyes, 
mm-hmm. and just like a warm feel about them. They're yeah. cute creatures, yeah. but they're going through like really adult shit. Exactly. Right. And I, I think that I just think that's very appealing. It kind of turns that whole aspect on its head. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, that's what you, that's not probably what you found appealing. I would imagine. Well, but oh, but well, on a visceral, but on a visceral like kid level, yeah. Why um, wouldn't yeah. I? I'll say on a visual level too. Like there's some horror in this. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. definitely going down into the rat's lair the under the bush, itself. the owl. Like with the spider and shit. Like I mean, these scenes are these scenes as a, a kid are are really creepy and scary. Fight, he does it. In, he does it in, even in like Fightful Goes West. He doesn't even totally. In he American put, Tale. Like he does these horror situations, mm-hmm. and I think I was really drawn to that as a kid. I thought that was really intriguing to me. You know what I mean? That it had, and then it could take you through all the emotions. I didn't really realize it at the time, but it's probably yeah. what sucked me in. I think Mike has a point. I think when you're a kid, it's more of a visceral re- reaction to the situation, something you deep down can kind of associate yourself with. Cause I remember watching land before time. And I remember just thinking like, like, yeah, I, I remember knowing that, you know, that's, it's a perilous journey, but I just remember like, I remember the most was like the camaraderie of, of the group together. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was just so attached to that. I was like, yeah, this is like, but all your friends out on adventures together, even though it's a terrible adventure <laughs> as a kid, you just take it as it's an adventure. It's yeah, fun. I latched on to uh, Petrie and uh, Petrie's fantastic. And what's it? Because that was the comic relief. And that's what I, that's what I remember from those movies. That's why when I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch Littlefoot with Evan. Like, this is going to be a good choice. I went back and watched it with him. I was like, this is a fucking terrible choice. Because all I remembered was the good parts where it's like a character like Jeremy. And I didn't remember the fucking sad part. Yeah, but that's kind of the, the I, I don't know, at least for me, at least for me, I think that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a fun treat you get with these kind of older animated films is as a kid, you latch onto the comedic relief and element, but you watch it as an adult and you're like, wow, there's some like yeah. some darker no, shit But going I also on. think that there are things that you, that the reason why you don't remember that stuff from when you were a kid is because you didn't have a concept of it when yeah, you were a kid. Yeah, it didn't make sure. It doesn't make That's sense. You're, as you're watching it, you're like, ooh, the bird, ooh, this, ooh, that. I don't really know what's going on right here, but his dad's gone. Like, that's how you're thinking about it. Yeah. So, the like, when I thought about this film and I picked it again, right, when I, well, actually, when I saw it on Showtime and I saw it, I just remember the first thing I said was like, oh, my God, uh, Secret of Nim. And I turned to my girlfriend and I was just like, oh, this film's so scary. Now it's like, I looked at it and I'm just like, yeah, and it dealt with some harsh shit, but that wasn't what stood out in my mind. Right. Yeah. It was the scary parts, like, oh, there's like sword play and shit. That that's all I remember. Because that's yeah. all I remember as, as caring about when I was a kid. Yeah. Like you said before on other films, there feels like there's real danger in like yeah. there's gonna be like death is addressed enough to make you think that one of these it's characters could die. Nicodemus, for Christ's sake, fucking gets crushed in this movie. And he he's like an old, feeble yeah. man. He like, murdered. The murder a wise actually, man. A, a planned out fucking Straight murder fucking, happens in this movie. Yeah, an yeah. accidental... Well, it's it's a cover-up, right? They, they yeah. plan it all out and how it's going to look like an accident. But it's straight-up murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's just something that, like, as a kid... I don't know. That's I just, the one thing that kind of horror. That's I wish, horrifying. I wish they would have spent more time in the last thirty minutes of the film than they did in the first hour. If that makes sense too. As far as I enjoyed the last thirty minutes of this film when it starts picking up and the action starts happening, way more than her journey. Like of just trying to figure out like what the fuck her husband like. Once she got to the rats, dude, this movie picks up and is 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 and to me is enjoyable to watch. But before that. It's, yeah. it's rough. But that kind of works for the story, though, right? It does. Because it, 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 the story, it just feels, this, before she gets to that, she's still living in this kind of a, this kind of shadow or, or this haze of what's actually going on. The, so The problem I had with it was just at the, the, 
the fight scene between Jeremy and uh, I forget the bad rat's name, um, but between them, it feels so rushed because we go from this. Yeah, we it, it just it feels so rushed from the from Nicodemus's death. To that fight is like not even it doesn't even feel like two minutes before that happens. I think it kind of picks up before that. Well, I guess that would be after she gets the rats because that's when she she's stuck in the cage and breaks out. And I was like, at yeah. that part, I thought was like that was intense. I was like, fuck, you gonna wake that fucking cat up? <laughs> well, I also want to keep. I think another reason why they don't really deal with it because it's not really like the story of the rats and their political strifes. Yeah. It's right. really like about Mrs. Brisby, like. That's being true. caught up in the middle of it. Like, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from because it does, like, that fight happens real quick. Well, yeah, it ended and, before I thought it would end. The vi- well, that's the only real villain you get besides the the besides the mystery of what fucking happened to her husband and, like, what, what her husband was doing. There's really no villain except for him. No, that's not true. That's not true. The, Who's the other villain? I feel like everyone's a villain. The, the, the tractor owl. is the first initial yeah. villain that everyone's worried the about. The cat. The owl's the potential the villain. Yeah, the like, owl is a potential villain. The rats are a potential I villain. I don't like, feel like anybody has like. I guess okay. I would say he's the only villain with charisma. He's the fucking. He's the diehard villain. He's the only villain with charisma. Right, but but, but <laughs> keep, keep in mind <laughs> everything, he has, everything else is an environmental villain. Where he is, he is. No, he is. She. He is an environmental villain because his his conflict has absolutely nothing to do with Mrs. Brisby. At no point does he target her or right. care about her existence or anything. Right. No, All true. he cares about is this. She is caught in the middle of an environmental thing, which I would just say is a political strife going on with these yeah. rats that she doesn't really like. She this is really not part of her. That. She just wants to get her house moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just about a, a girl lost in the city. You yeah. know? <laughs> just trying to find her way. Lost in the rosebush. Yeah. Lost in the roll rosebush, as you were. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I like. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I guess I didn't have as much of a problem with it as as you did. I was just trying to get. We got all silent there for I a love, second. I love. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> best of Mike. Sorry, I love but, it. I love sorry, it. It was great. No, Mike, I was trying to get us back. No, I agree. We can take a break. Let's take a break because right now, me and Mike are the only ones with opinions about this movie. We'll be right back. <laughs> In the beginning. We were ordinary street rats, stealing our daily bread and living off the efforts of man's work. We were captured, put in cages, and sent to a place called Nim. There were many animals there, in cages. They were put through the most unspeakable tortures. Satisfy some scientific curiosity. Often at night, I would hear them crying out in anguish. Let's get into, I guess, we've touched a little bit of it. I think we've all agreed on the technical in this movie is pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, I enjoy the animation style. I, you know, again, I grew up on this animation style with his other films, not this film. In particular, but with his other films, uh, uh, you know, Five Goes West played my, in my house a plenty. Yeah, <laughs> great movie. That's it another is. film. You, you, we talked about it on the show. That's another film where it's like when you go see it again as an adult, you're like, this is about Jewish immigrants coming to America. Uh, yeah, well, that's no, they're like American, escaping. That's something. American Tale. Yeah. yeah. And then f- I feel like Five Goes West is more of like how immigrants were treated in, in the West, West. like yeah. during, yes. during the long, you know, the yeah. great yes. divide where they have like all that. Yeah. Like. And and but the thing is, the thing is that where I will point out, um, and this will be probably in my review too, that I think is different about some of those films, even maybe um, 
Because this is his first, right? This is his first own this is his first out solo of animated film. I mean, yeah. he yeah, he worked on tons of other yeah, no, rescuers on his own. But this is his first on his own. Yeah, was it? This is first on and with yes, he him running the production company. Oh, okay. Like not so, working under Disney. Okay, Be- because I feel like his later films find the formula a little bit better of what he's trying to do because the later films have a more of a comedy element to it, to where this one uh, just has Jeremy in it. Uh, I feel like his other la- later well, films, like most animated films, usually only have one comedic relief. No, but I mean, like, like, is the, like, are funnier films in general too. Uh, like, I know what you're saying. All Dogs I've... Go to Heaven is a, probably a funnier movie. Five Goes West is funnier than fucking American Tale. Like, yeah, it's... American Tale is probably on the same level as this movie as far as funny goes. But that's about Jewish immigrants coming to America. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I feel like that's you know that's something that. I wish like, in the writing of this movie had a little bit more of the comedic element in in, in it. Well uh, then, sir, may I direct you to Rocket Doodle, <laughs> <laughs> another Don Bluth classic. Yes, I don't think I've seen Rocket Doodle. Rocket Doodle. Yeah, right? I don't think I've seen Rocket Doodle. It's definitely his. probably his lightest. Does anything serious go on in that? Of all the movies that he's done, I want to say I like that one a lot, but it's I don't like him as much as these a, other ones. I remember like, that watching that as a kid too. Yeah, Rock Doodle was cool though. It's I, like the Elvis like rooster. Yeah, no, I remember like, the cover art of it, mm-hmm, and yeah. I don't know why I never. I don't know why I never rented that one because that one's very bright colored. I remember that one being very bright. Yeah. Yeah, it is very bright. Yeah. Almost all of it, it takes place during the day. Much on the later farm. film, too. I yeah. mean, this yeah. is like a yeah. decade apart. Like, right, Rock Doodle's, like, 90s, wasn't it? Or, like, early 90s? Or yeah. Or, like, late 89, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember it coming out, like, around that, what was that Rodney Dangerfield dog movie? Oh, yeah, oh, a Roger Dan- Roger, Ro- Rover. Uh, Rover Dangerfield. I feel like that came out at the same time. Really? In my mind, they came out, they were competing against <laughs> each other. <laughs> I, remember that, I remember that movie, too. Oh, man, we should Brave Little Toaster. Oh, oh I, lo- I love Brave Little Toaster. Movie, though. That's another one of these dark, weird... That one's got that the one's dark very weird. too. That one is... Well, you know which one? I went back and watched not long ago, and I own it, too. That was, And I was like... It was a very dark film, and I didn't like it my second go-around, was uh, uh, Little Nemo. Oh. Wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Because I, I saw that one late in life, and I wasn't loved a fan. It, loved it as a kid, man. Had the video game, like, all that stuff. Video game is fun. Went back and watched it, because I own it on VHS. Went back and watched it, and was like, man, I don't like this movie anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, movie. I mean, it's a sad film. It's a sad film, but it's also just not a good film. Just not, and it's uh, not entertaining at all. You don't think Finding Nemo was a good film? No, no Little, Nemo. Little Nemo. Oh, I thought you said Finding well, Nemo. Advent- Finding Nemo, Nemo, Nemo. Little, Little Nemo in Adventureland or something. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yes, yeah. I it's agree. not much of. A I was wondering what why why the Finding Nemo game was so good. Yeah, <laughs> no, the that little, as a kid. the Little Nemo game for no, SNES. I remember where you threw candy at like frogs and shit. And, yeah, yeah. The, and, the, and I remember loving that film as a kid, but it was going back and watching it. I was like, man, oof. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's it's really like it's like the, I think no. you'd really like it actually. If okay. You like movies like like it's pretty it's it's on par with shit like this. I think I it's I check think it this out. is better than that movie, but it's, I would agree. it's still a good movie. No, I would agree with that. I would agree that this movie is better than that movie. Yeah. You want to rate it? Yeah, that's what we rate this man or jammer. How many capes or amulets or what are we rating it, Mike? Sexy mice are we giving this? <laughs> yeah. Can we rate it sexy mice? Chris, how many, uh, it's how on many, you. How no. many single sexy mice moms are we giving this? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Jesus, Divor- divorcee uh, white uh, mice, no, milf widowed. mice. Yeah. Oh yeah. How many, how many widowed milf sexy yeah. wives are we giving this? <laughs> Wid- widowed, widowed milf, milf mice. mice. Just take it. That Jeremy man, he couldn't. She that bitch too. Let's bring that up real quick. 
Cause oh, she played him. She jumped right into. Ooh, you're the first man I seen. Oh, since you're my talking about gone. Justin. Yeah, she was Justin all, all over. His name is. She was all over his beat. But bro. can we just talk? Wait, you're talking about ju- the, Justin? You the, the wait wait the, the, the bird or the mouse? The mouse. Jeremy's guard? Jeremy's Jeremy's the, the bird. Jeremy's the bird. Too many J names. Too many J names. Yeah. Yeah. Really she was, she was all over Justin. She was playing Jeremy. Yeah. She was. She did. She used Plan. her feminine wiles on him. Yeah. She did use her feminine she, you wiles know, on you him. You know what? Look, look. This ain't her first rodeo. She might be a mom, but, you know, she's she been around What's with all the J names? Justy, Jer- J- Justin, Jeremy, Jonathan, Jenner. Like, That's too much. There's a lot of J's. That's yeah, too much. They that, could have thought that one out. Oh, they just lost half a star for that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Half Justin, a rating for that. Jenner, Jeremy. You know, let's find out how many those stars are. <laughs> Cody. All right, so what are we rating this, Mike? Uh, we're going to name this. Uh, <laughs> we're going to rate it. Name it. We're, we're going to rate it. Naked. That's a line. Hello. <laughs> uh, naked mice, actually. Naked mice. Naked mice. Naked mice. Make it mice or make it right. Naked. Uh, let me see here. Let's go with Kyle first. Just love starting with me, don't you? I don't want to get well because I feel like I you're it. the I love it. I feel I like you're it. the middle base here, so I want to see where you're at. I'm first. the middle base of the podcast. I feel like in I this like episode, that. you're the middle. You're oh, okay. the middle base. Just the middler. Episode. Just this episode. Yeah, you're the middler. Um. Yeah. So, Secret of Nim. So I, I've seen it before, but I didn't remember much of it. Um. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm gonna just come right out and say that I I I liked the adventure. I think as an adult, I appreciated more of the. Uh, real life danger and the the themes that are kind of woven throughout this film. I connected to these characters. I I, I connected to Miss Brigsby and her just her her journey and all the, the the effort that she put into just trying to save her family. Um, I love the the backstory of, of the of the rats and how they came to be as a very Ninja Turtles vibe to it. Um, yeah, overall, I, I thought this film was was produced really well. The animation style is awesome. It's like what I remember from my childhood. I mean, the rest of the production is, is is great. I don't really know if there's a whole lot to complain about um, from that side of it. So, um, I'm probably gonna give this some. I'm gonna come at like a three point five on this one. I enjoyed this film. Three point five from Kyle. Naked Mice. I'll go next. Here's the thing. I don't hate this film at all. Um, I think for an animated film, it's especially the uh, the, the the style of animation and the look and stuff like that is really good. Here's my problem with this movie. It's not fun. I don't have fun with it. I don't think it's a fun movie at heart either. I, I don't think it's supposed to be from the subject matter that's in it. Um, I, I, you know, I watch a movie like this and I want to have fun and I didn't have fun. I, I wish I would have saw it as a kid. Maybe I'd have a different outlook on this film and maybe a, a, a different look at it. But Looking at it as an adult watching, you know, this movie, I'm like, it's almost too adult for me without just like, why don't you go full adult? Like, you're almost there. Just do it. I mean, through fucking murder. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just go, let's go full adult with it. So Can you stop saying full adult. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say just because when you say adult, I just imagine like mice fucking. Just go full spread adult. Yeah. I mean, just go full spread adult with just it. Go adult with it. Uh, I don't know. It it just wasn't it wasn't fun for me. Um, and the story to me is just meh. For me, it's meh. Um, and so for I gotta go with a two. I can't give it a two point five. I don't think it's middle of the road for me because I'll never watch it again. So I gotta go with two. Man, you need to start watching these movies without your sad eyes. That's not even. <laughs> no, I think no, not even sad. Eyes. I don't even think that's what it was at all. Yeah. Like I think, Chris to the rescue. I guess I'm next, anyways. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to give this movie a four uh, for Naked Mice. I think this, what I love most about this movie is that it is an animated film that makes me feel emotional when I watch it. And I can say that about pretty much every film that Don Bluth has done that, uh, you know, I have seen is like they're animated films that make me feel emotional. They do have the slapstick comedy peppered in there. They do have like the deep messages and like the moral questions and, you know, they, they're, they're, they're really layered very nicely. And, and I think this is a great start for Don Bluth when he, uh, separated from Disney and went on his own. It, he came in kind of with a heavy hitting movie, and I think maybe that was to prove that he could do something serious. Like he, he could, people would take him seriously. Um, it's a it's a deep story, and I think he pulled it off great. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those films that I was afraid going back into it. I was going to find too much that I didn't like about it, but. I didn't. I, you know, it kind of actually re-sparked um, nostalgic feelings of when I was a kid and used to watch this movie. Uh, so, you know, it's not a perfect film by any means. Like, I think there are some slow moments in the film. Um, but overall, yeah, this this movie, I think, is a must-see. Um, I don't think it's a cult film, though. I don't think we... I don't know if we ever we never got around that, but that. I'd agree with that. I don't yeah. think this movie's a cult film. I think it's just a beloved, like, film from a child your childhood you know or some of our childhoods um yeah four naked mice mike uh i'm also going to give it four naked mice uh i agree though chris yeah i also don't think it's a cult film especially watching it now i'm kind of like you know like it's just it uh it's it's not like an oddball out of the group i think it kind of is like it defines to me like what kids movies were at this time but um I'm giving this four because, like, this is, like, uh, it's, like, the best way I can describe it is, like, it's an animated drama. Like, you know, you you know, seeing it as an adult, you see it now, and you're like, man, this is, like, it's, like, a serious film about family and love and loss and, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, there aren't, actually, to be honest with you, Jeremy's, like, you know, as much as I love Dom DeLuise and, I, you know, the character's cute and everything like that, like, anytime those scenes are happening, I'm kind of like, let's just get on with the... yeah. Let's let's get her in a cave, like trying to save her kids. Like I was super. That that makes me. That that really elevates this movie for me, where as opposed to other animated films, is just that it is like, I can appreciate the. the it's weird to say this, but do I appreciate the like performances, and it almost extends beyond just the just the voice. Mm-hmm. Like, and can we talk like Elizabeth Hartman, who who does Mrs. Brisby, has some weird sounds, like when. Anytime she's struggling, it's like these weird, like, oh, like, like there's these weird. <laughs> yeah, she quivers a lot when yeah, she talks. Like, yeah. like, there's sounds coming out of her that I've never heard come out of another human being before, but like, they work. Like, I actually do get a sense of like, she's struggling. Uh, I don't know. It gives me all the feels, I guess is the best way to describe it. And I love that about this film. So I'm going to give it four naked mice. Four naked mice. That's our show for this week. But before we go, we got a shout out to do because someone left us a review. Woohoo. Does anyone want to read this one? Um, Chris, you got it pulled up. Yeah, I got it yeah. pulled up. Chris here. has got it pulled up. Another five stars. Uh, it says, Great podcast is the, is the headline here by. 
House of of Dudley. House of Dudley. I wanted to say Dudley, but I think it's House of Dudley. Yeah, I think it's Dudley. Dudley Boys. We're going Dudley Boys on this one. Yeah, and uh, and he or she says, uh, I found this podcast while searching for 80s canon ninja movies, (laughs) and I have not been disappointed. Very versatile. Looking forward to future episodes, and I love what I've heard so far. Thanks. Thank you, House of Deadly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that five-star review, and you're I welcome. I love that a hunt for canon ninja films brought, <laughs> brought us yeah, up. Yeah. Must have been. Yeah. What, what, which one we could that have been? Ninja 3. Ninja 3, okay. We're hitting yeah. them all. We're canon ninja films, depressing kid films, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. We do it all. We run we the show. We do gamut. it all. You know, uh, you want to see some whacked-out horror movies, maybe some comic movies coming up soon? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> With that being said, I, uh, that's our show. Uh, you can follow us on social media at uh, Cult Film underscore Review on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. Make sure you go to RedBubble.com, pick up a shirt, search CFIR in the search bar, and or Cult Film Shop. Uh, and then head over to our YouTube page, like, and subscribe there. And then you can follow Kyle at... You can follow me on Instagram at ColtFilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at ColtFilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at at MikeSaluzio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join the cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time.